Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten Rommel yet? Welcome into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. I am Ben McKee. Here on a Friday, we are one day away from it being football time in Tennessee. Tennessee kicks off with Virginia at 12 p.m. Eastern on ABC on Saturday afternoon. Year three of the Josh Heupel era is about to begin. And Ryan Callahan is joining me on the podcast to break down and preview Saturday's game between Tennessee and Virginia. And on the back end, Ryan, we will have a special guest to help us uh, break down the Virginia Cavaliers. Yeah, Jackie Franchuli of our Virginia site uh, will will be joining us to to break things down, and it's it's been uh, it's been a, a pretty eventful um, uh, past year for for the Virginia program. Obviously, uh, th- this will be their first game since the um, the tragedy at the end of last season that cut their cut their season short. So uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that with her and and, and kind of get get her her sense of. Of just how you know how how much this game means to to, to that program coming off of that uh, with their first being their first time back on the field and um, and and obviously Tennessee will be honoring them as as we discussed this week as well with the uh, helmet sticker uh, during Saturday's game but you know beyond that this is still a, a program trying to build back uh, in a lot of ways and and uh, so I'm, I'm sure we'll get into just sort of where they are in the rebuilding process and. And, and how much of a threat they might be to Tennessee in, in a game like this, where obviously expectations are for Tennessee to win this game by a, a comfortable, comfortable margin. Is that, is that not giving Virginia enough credit or is that a, is that a fair representation of, of where Virginia is right now? So it should be, uh, should be fun to catch up with her and get a different perspective on that. Uh, since this is a team that probably not a lot of Tennessee fans have followed uh, very much over the past couple of years. Before we do catch up with Jackie, Ryan and I are going to sit here and discuss what we think are the keys to the game for Tennessee to say hello win column in the Music City. And Ryan, we'll start on the offensive side of the ball. What do you want to learn about this Tennessee offense on Saturday? And does that kind of correspond with your biggest key to the game as well? Offensively, that is. Yeah, I, I think for a lot of people, and and I'm uh, or I'm probably the same as a lot of people. It, it starts with the offensive line for me. You know, where is Tennessee's offensive line uh, without Cooper Mays? Because uh, you know, obviously, we don't expect him to play. Even though Josh Heupel wasn't willing to rule him out for this game, 
Uh, I, I am. I, I don't think we're going to see him in this game. So uh, with that being the case, you know, Ali Lane should start at center. Guard. Um, but but those guys might not play the entire game at those positions. You know, we'll see who else is in the mix and and how they how they uh, you know, rotate or, or handle those positions uh, throughout the game. So that that's going to be fascinating. And just you know, can they protect Joe Milton? Can they help that running game be what it should be? You know, we've had a lot of talk throughout preseason camp and leading up to this game about how good Tennessee's running game should be with those top three running backs all back with Cameron Seldon and Khalifa Keith being added behind them. It's a good situation, but they've got to get the help up front that they need. And, and we'll also maybe find out how much Tennessee scheme can sort of gloss over any uh, any shortcomings you might have on the offensive line. You know, we saw a, a little more talent filled group uh, the past couple of years, or at least experienced uh, talented group with with Jerome Carvin and Darnell Wright in there last year. Um, you know, Cade Mays in there the year before. You know, can can this group without those types of guys, without really those those five star types? Can they still be an effective, good offensive line in the SEC, or is that going to be a, a little bit of a problem for them? Um, so I'd start there, and then, you know, obviously Joe Milton. You know, I think that's the the other thing that people are going to be wanting to see until further notice. Can he build on that that bowl game performance? Um, because that's that's to me one of the keys to this season for Tennessee. He's got to have help from his offensive line to give him time to throw, of course. But assuming all that holds up pretty well, he's got to be able to to lead this team. To whatever success they're going to have, he, he's got to uh, elevate this offense, and, and we need to see whether he can can be the guy that he was in the Orange Bowl against Clemson, or even better, because he's going to have to put up big numbers for this offense to even approach what they did last year. I think he's personally going to have a good year, but until he shows he can do it, I think some people, especially <laughs> have watched him at Michigan and other places across the country, are going to be a little bit skeptical of that. So. Can he do it, especially against a Virginia team that should be outmanned to some degree? Um, can can he put up big numbers and show that he's the guy that we saw at the end of last season? Yeah, there, there's a ton on this offense that I'm very excited to to not just learn, but also just watch. Like I, I'm excited to see Jalen Wright play. Uh, everybody's been talking about him all offseason long, and I'm excited to see the steps that Jabari Small and and Dylan Sampson have taken. There's been a lot of buzz about Cam Seldon. If he gets in the game, which he should at some point in the second half, quite frankly, uh, excited to watch him play, even at the tight end position. Uh, Ethan Davis, McCollin Castles, th- those newcomers paired with what I think is a slimmed-down version of, of Jacob Warren. Uh, that should be a real weapon for Tennessee, in addition to a Tennessee receiver room that loses Jalen Hyatt, the Bolitnikoff Award winner, and Cedric Tillman, a third-round pick who's going to, play quite a bit as a rookie in the NFL with the Browns like I don't feel like there's going to be any drop off in production at that position which is pretty crazy to say given who you lost uh, so there's a lot to to be excited about and a lot to be curious about this offense with but I do agree with you like the, the one thing going into the opener is where is the offensive line at uh, there, there sounds like there was some improvements the second half of, of fall camp but still Cooper May is not being out there uh, you, you're still trying to figure things out at left guard and, and right tackle. And then uh, John Campbell, ha- he enters fall camp as a question mark, and now nobody's really talking about him because everybody's focused on left guard, center, and right tackle. Uh, excited to see what he looks like in, in game number one. Uh, and then also kind of how right tackle is shaking out as well. So I, I do agree with you. And, and then obviously we all expect Joe to play well, but going out there and, and proving it 
and proving that he can be consistent, that that is still something he needs to do. So uh, a lot to be excited about if you're a Tennessee fan on the offensive side of things, Ryan. And, and that does kind of lead me into uh, my biggest key offensively for Tennessee in this game. Uh, it goes along right with what you were saying with the offensive line. There, there's not much to, to make you feel confident in this game if you're a Virginia fan. This Virginia football team just does not appear to be very good on paper. Uh, but if there's if there's one area that could give you a little bit of confidence if you're a Virginia fan, it, it's that defensive front. Uh, the defensive front could actually be pretty stout, uh, and they have some veterans coming back uh, in Chico Bennett Jr., Cam Butler, Jameer Carter, uh, and Aaron Fumui. I hope I pronounced his last name correctly. Uh, those guys are all back, and they were the starting four defensive linemen from a season ago. Uh, and in addition to that, they're they're kind of if you want to make it a, a top five, the, the the top five defensive linemen from last season are back for Virginia now. Chico Bennett Jr. is not going to play in this game. He's an All ACC defensive end, probably the best player on Virginia's football team. Uh, he's been out the last few weeks of camp after he suffered a freak non-contact knee injury at the end of the first scrimmage in camp, and he had a minor procedure to remove bone fragments from his knee, uh, and he was ruled out for this game against Tennessee earlier this week. And that's a guy, again, I said he's the best player probably on Virginia's football team, and he had seven sacks last season, uh, which was the fifth most in the ACC. And with Bennett being out, uh, Virginia has moved Cam Butler to their bandit role, which uh, I believe their bandit role is is like Tennessee's Leo position. It's just essentially the the edge rusher position up front along the defensive line. And then mm-hmm. they've moved fifth-year senior Ben Smiley over to defensive end. So uh, the Virginia defense isn't necessarily good, I'd call it, Ryan. But we just talked about the offensive line shuffling around and Cooper Mays being out and, and whatnot. This is a veteran Virginia defensive line that is going to give this Tennessee offensive line that is still in a state of flux a nice early test. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, personally, too, I, I, I hate that we're not going to get to see Chico Bennett play because if anyone doesn't remember that name, uh, he's he's a, a middle Tennessee native, played at Battleground Academy there in Franklin and was a, was a guy that Tennessee offered early in the process, I believe. Um, coming out of high school under the former staff, uh, so so you know didn't get very far down the road with Tennessee, and and, and in the end they weren't a uh, one of the top contenders for him. But yeah, that that's someone that, that that went elsewhere, and I'm obviously not surprised that he's turned into a pretty good player. So um, that that's uh, unfortunate for him uh, that he doesn't get to come home and and play in, in front of what I'm sure would have been a a, a nice little cheering section at Nissan Stadium. But uh, yeah, th- this will be a Virginia team that's you know they've obviously got a huge challenge. Um, that, that we talk about all the time, you, it's hard to prepare for Tennessee's offense when you don't see it on a regular basis. The one thing maybe working in Virginia's favor is, since this is a season opener, you have a little going to throw at you, so you're not preparing uh, just during the middle of a game week uh, after playing another game the previous week. They've had, the, you know, in theory, a little bit of the offseason to, to focus on this and and get ready for it. So that, that maybe helps. But uh, like, like you said, they've got some veterans up front. You, you certainly can't assume that Tennessee is just going to steamroll over this group. And, and Virginia uh, was at least uh, a solid team at, at times last year, you know, three and seven, you know, we don't know how the last two games would have, would have gone, but that was you know probably about a four win team. If you were projecting a, a, a 12 game season, maybe even three and nine. So you don't expect them to be, uh, to be world beaters by any means, but I think they're, you know, still building, still, still improving. You know, having some veterans 
uh, definitely helps. And they finished, you know, in, in the 10 games they played, they they were 44th uh, in the country in total defense, uh, allowing, I think, 357 yards a game or so. That That's that's not bad by any means. So they they have uh, at least some solid players coming back. And uh, it looks like a, a like your transfer, uh, grad transfer, I believe, uh, in, uh, in Cam Butler. So ha- having some guys like that in the lineup that, you know, you, you feel good about what they have in the front seven, at least for sure. Um, and, and kind of like Tennessee's defense looks like they have a lot of veterans and, and a lot of experience, uh, a good amount of transfer help on this Virginia team too. a couple on defense, uh, that look like they're going to start. Um, and then four on, on offense that I believe are, are going to start for, for Virginia, including quarterback Tony Musket that we'll talk about later, but that's, um, that's a, it's a pretty good sized group of transfers, much like Tennessee that, uh, is sort of filling out their lineup. So it should be a pretty experienced group across the board and that, you know, maybe gives them a little bit better chance of keeping up with Tennessee's offense because that will be obviously a big challenge and the type of thing they probably haven't seen a whole lot in the ACC. Yeah, and, and two last quick things on Virginia's defense going up against this Tennessee offense before we shift to the other side of the ball. Uh, Virginia has struggled the last couple of years against the run, which is weird given the veteran defensive line that we just spoke about. Uh, but they gave up the fifth most rushing yards per game in the ACC a season ago uh, with 153.2 yards per game. So uh, very curious to see Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, Dylan Sampson, those backs we talk about who had great offseasons. What do they look like against what has been a weak Virginia rush defense? Now, if the defensive line of Virginia, that experienced D-line that we talked about, is able to get advantage take advantage of of Tennessee's old line that's still shifting things around. Uh, I don't expect that to happen, but if it were to happen, that could obviously slow down Tennessee's running game. But I, I think this is a, a good opportunity, a good game for Tennessee to get things going on the ground. But also, like there's not a whole lot to feel confident again if you're a Virginia fan in the secondary either. Uh, they they did go out and, and add two transfer corners, one from SMU, one from Clemson. Uh, Sam Westfall and Malcolm Green, and both are kind of listed as co-starters or or two options at that second corner spot behind Cohen King. So uh, the the corner position is a a huge question mark uh, for this Virginia defense. And then on top of that, there's one of their starting safeties, projected starting safeties, Antonio Clary. Uh, he's been dealing with a high ankle sprain and is a game time decision. So. Uh, I'm sure Tennessee fans are salivating at the mouth listening to me talk about uh, a Virginia secondary that has quite a few question marks when when you think about Joe Milton and the potential of this Tennessee receiver room. On the other side of the ball, Ryan, defensively for Tennessee, what do you think is going to be key on Saturday? Well, they I, I think this this game is it, it's a great opener, I think, in a lot of ways for Tennessee because you're playing a power five opponent. So it's a it's a team that should have better talent than uh, than certainly a group of five team and, and definitely an, uh, an FCS team. So you're not just playing nobody in this first game, but you're also not facing a team that should be so, so dominant, so really competitive in any particular area that you should be able to work on yourself for the most part. And I think in Tennessee's case, that means being able to, to focus on what we what we talked about earlier, you know, getting the offensive line sort of uh, off to a good start and, and building some confidence and continuity with that group because they have rotated and, and tried some different pieces out at times this uh, this preseason. I think they have a decent level of continuity at this point, but never helps to to improve on that and just sort of figure some things out going into uh, to the SEC opener now two weeks away 
at Florida. You know, you've got Austin P next week as kind of a final tune-up for that, but that won't provide as much of a test as what you'll see in this game. So uh, I, I think that's that's a big thing to me, just kind of working on yourself and and, and making sure that you're uh, that, that that you're able to uh, to 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 take care of business against them. But um, yeah, on, on on defense for Tennessee, it's kind of the same thing. I, I think. Uh, I think you've got to you've got to make sure you've got a pass rush um, that, that's going to be able to to play in the SEC. You've got to make sure you have a pass defense that's going to be able to play in the SEC. And I, I think Tennessee has some guys at those spots. I think they're going to have an improved secondary. Um, so you, you feel better about um, what they have now, which looks a little a little similar, of course, to what they had last year. But I think because you have so many guys, you know, they've had five seniors at, at cornerback that, that have been kind of competing for, for, for playing time there, uh, in addition to some talented newcomers. I just think that group, you know, kind of iron sharpening iron, it's made everybody better. And they're just an offseason better, too. So Danico Slaughter is more settled in at, at cornerback. You, you feel better about a guy like him playing now. Kamala Haddon's had another offseason as, as kind of a returning starter. Um, in the, so all those guys being back. Wesley Walker having played a lot of football last year, now being able to prepare for an entire offseason as a starter. I just think that group will be better. But, you know, can they can they live up to that? And can they can they play well against uh, a, a, an opponent that brings some challenges? I mean, you've got a, a little bit of an unknown at quarterback and Tony Musket for Virginia, um, for the, the Monmouth transfer, who, who's thrown, I believe, 51 touchdown passes in his career. So he's had some success uh, and has some experience and you know, you don't you don't always know what you're going to face in a, in a season opener. Some some different things might be thrown at them. Um, so again, you, you don't really know for sure. But I, I just think in general, if they work on themselves, they're 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 going to be okay in this game. And to me, it's you know, can they replace Byron Young? Get after the quarterback. Let's see what they have in James Pierce, Joshua Josephs, Roman Harrison. You know, those guys need to be productive. I think this is a game where they can get off to a good start. Looks like a chance for them to to get after the quarterback. Virginia gave up a a good number of sacks last year. I, I think Tennessee can have some success in the pass rush in this game. And frankly, they need to, to feel good about themselves going into SEC play. And that secondary needs to have a good day. You know, this is a Virginia team that probably shouldn't throw for 300 yards against Tennessee. They gave up a lot of passing yards last year. They're going to be up in this game. So Virginia is probably going to be throwing a lot. I think if things go according to plan, you've got to make sure Virginia doesn't have just a, a, a crazy amount of success in the passing game. And, and build some confidence for that group as well. They, they need to be able to show they're sort of turning the page from last season and that that was a little bit uh, or that that's in the rearview mirror for a group that does return a, a lot of the same players from a year ago. So that's that's my thing is just sort of, you know, building on what they have, knowing what they have in themselves going into SEC play. But that that's still, you know, you're, you're going to, I'm sure Virginia's going to end up throwing some things at them that they're not expecting that they'll have to adjust to. But in the grand scheme of things, this is a Virginia team they should take care of. So fix what you what you need to work on. And for me, that's the pass rush and the secondary. Yeah, and, and this is a, a game defensively for Tennessee that the defensive front should, quite frankly, dominate. Uh, the, the offensive line, uh, it, it is playing musical chairs more so than Tennessee right now. Uh, they lost their left tackle, left guard, right guard, and right tackle which combined for 33 starts in 39 appearances last season. And again, all four are gone, everybody but the center. Uh, and they did go out and, and add a transfer from Penn State, a transfer from Houston, a transfer from Dayton. Um, but it, it's an offensive line that is even more in a state of flux than than Tennessee's. 
Um, and this this is a Tennessee defensive line and, and defensive front when you include the linebackers that I've been hyping up all offseason long. So I, I think they should set the tone and, and disrupt the running game and the passing game. And you mentioned all the new pieces offensively, new receivers. Uh, now, there's new receivers and a new offensive line, but the backs are pretty much the same with Paris Jones, Mike Hollins, and Xavier Brown. Uh, it doesn't look like Brown is going to play. He's sidelined with an elbow injury, uh, so that leaves you with Mike Collins and Paris Jones. Uh, but uh, Virginia also went out and added Kobe Pace from Clemson as well. And when Tony Elliott was in his last season as the OC at Clemson, Kobe Pace was Clemson's second leading rusher that season. So it, it seems like they have a nice set of backs, uh, but behind that offensive line it's it's a situation where Tennessee should be able to limit the running back room of Virginia because of the way they dictate the offense Virginia's offensive line and and quite frankly dominate them in in the trenches potentially uh, and if if you're slowing down the running game then that's also going to affect the passing game so uh the last thing quickly before we get to Jackie uh w- one individual matchup that I'm looking at Ryan is Tamarion McDonald at that star position uh, against Malik Washington there in the slot, uh, a slot receiver for Virginia. He transferred in from Northwestern, uh, and he has 120 career catches, 1,300 yards, and and only three touchdowns, which is weird for a guy with 120 career receptions. But that's going to be an interesting matchup, uh, in my opinion, because it, it seems like Malik Washington could potentially be the go-to guy uh, for Tony Musket, the Monmouth transfer, uh, and then T-Mac missed a, a good chunk of, of fall camp. So is there any rust there with Tamarion McDonald, assuming he starts? That is an interesting matchup. We will certainly have all the matchups covered for you at GoVols 24-7, Ryan Callahan. And right now we have a special offer going on as well. We do. Uh, 50% off for your first year as an annual subscriber on GoVols 24-7. Or if you want to sign up for the monthly plan, this is a cooler perk than people might realize. Um, it's not usually available right away if you sign up on a, at a promotional rate. You can sign up for our monthly plan and get instant access to Paramount+. Plus. Um, we don't always offer that. Um, so that's a, that's a cool feature to take care of, uh, to take advantage of. If you want right now, sign up for that monthly plan. Uh, at, at the normal price, nine ninety five a month, and immediately start getting Paramount Plus, which is obviously a huge perk of being a twenty four seven sports subscriber. And if you're a current monthly subscriber listening to this, you can use this plan to upgrade to annual at the discounted fifty percent off rate. So take advantage of that and and join in on the site. And obviously, a great time to be on the site with all of this happening, recruiting firing back up for the season starting, and, and lots lots more. And on the other side of this break, we are going to get to Jackie. Fran Silly, the publisher for Wahoo's 247 on 247sports.com. Jackie, who covers Virginia on a daily basis, is going to give us a much better in-depth preview of the Cavaliers right after this break here on the Govals 24-7 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into the Go Balls 247 podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Ryan Callahan. And before we continue, would like to take a quick moment to encourage you to go like, rate, and review the podcast wherever you do get your podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, we are joined now by Jackie Franchuli of our Virginia site at 247 Sports. Jackie has made her way over to the wonderful town of Nashville to cover Saturday's game between Tennessee and Virginia. Again, she is the publisher for Wahoos 247 on the 247 Sports Network. Jackie, we appreciate you taking some time out of your busy Friday getting around Nashville to to preview Saturday's game with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it's going to be fun just to have the football game again, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's we've got some week zero games that I think a lot of people tried to to talk themselves into. And look, I sat there and watched football all day Saturday, but uh, Florida and Utah on, on Thursday night, even Nebraska and Minnesota was was much, much better than than week zero football. So I know everybody listening is excited for a full Saturday slate. Uh, before we get into the individual aspects of the game, wanted to to kind of get your gauge of the temperament uh, of Virginia's fan base right now and, and kind of their mood on Tony Elliott, on the Virginia football program going into the opener. Yeah, so this is a very, very different, different season for, uh, I know, for a reporter, for football fans for coaches and players. It's a very different football season when you think of how it how it's going to start because for them, this is the first football game since the November shooting. So for UVA, this is more than just a game for them now. It's it's not just a cliche. They're, they just want a football game because they want to play the game for those three fallen Cavaliers, for Lavelle Davis, for Deshaun Perry, for Devin Chandler. So fans just want to cheer them on because these guys went through a lot um, this is going to be playing tomorrow on Saturday. So, uh, you know, Mike Collins did, had an unbelievable recovery. He's told us when we spoke to him in the spring that, you know, doctors told him that he would be tying his shoelaces for the first time six months after he was shot. And he was actually playing in spring practice and in the spring game and scoring a touchdown during the spring game. So everyone just wants these guys to go out there and perform their best. Like, They've been trying to say, like, it's not about the scoreline for them. It's how much you leave yourself out there. Um, they understand the challenges that come with facing, you know, the number 12 team in the country as your opener. So for them, they just want to go out there and show that they're playing for those three guys that can't play the game that they love. So all the fans are behind them. And, you know, they're it's, it's like a family right now because they realized after, you know, last year that no day is guaranteed. So it's a very different environment and different emotional lead up to a game that I know I've ever experienced as a reporter covering college football. Yeah, I was Jackie, I was going to get into that too. I, I would imagine that, um, that, that colors a lot of the way you, you look at a game like this on one hand, they might be 
uh, might be so inspired um, that, that maybe they they come out with a with a uh, a better than than usual effort, uh, just playing on that emotion. Um, you know, how how far do you think that can carry them, or is it the type of thing where it was it's so raw still, even months later, where it might be maybe not a distraction, but something that could be tough for them to play through the emotions of that on game day. Do you have any sense of how that might affect this team? So when I talk to the players, what they usually say is. When I am straining, when I am, you know, doing one more rep that I just don't feel like doing, I remember that there's three of my friends that will not be able to do even one more rep. So I'm going to push through the pain because I get to do this every day. Little extra oomph when you go for those extra reps or when you're tired, when you're exhausted, the heat is getting to you. I, you do see that more. And even, you know, guys, the veterans that I've talked to, they even see some of the young guys pushing through some things that you would normally think a first year or second year on the roster wouldn't push through because, because of having those three guys in the back of your mind. Um, you know, at the end of the day, football is still about talent. It's still about, you know, overall abilities, but there is going to be, I feel like when you look at the game tomorrow, Virginia is not going to be looking at that. They're going to be looking at the memory. Now I think, this one thing that Tony Elliott said as well is that this year is going to be so filled with milestones for this team. You're going to have the, you know, you're going to have the first game of the year against Tennessee. Then you're going to have the first home opener against JMU. So you're going to have so many emotions almost on a weekly basis for this team. Um, like in um, about a month's time when they place NC State at home, you're going to have the first time they're playing a former teammate in Brennan Armstrong. It's, it's just, it's a lot of emotional turmoil for this team. So for actually for this staff, I think. You have to figure out how to hone in that emotion because, like you said, it could get away from them as well. Because the one thing that they're trying to balance is yes, you're playing for these guys' memories, but you can't let it hurt you as well. You can't feel like you're disappointing them if you have you don't score the touchdown, you, you know, settle for a field goal, or the uh, the opponent scores a touchdown. So you you can't beat yourself up even more. So that's that's the balance that Virginia has to kind of make. Yes, you're gonna playing for these three guys. But don't keep disappointing. Don't feel like you're disappointing them if something go, doesn't go 100% your way. So this is a very tough balance to kind of maintain that emotional feel. No easy way to transition into actual football questions from that aspect. But uh, fr- from the outside looking in, it, it seems like if there's one area that Virginia may be able to to have an advantage or um force Tennessee in, into some issues. It starts with their veteran defensive line going up going up against the Tennessee offensive line that is without its starting center and they're shuffling bodies in at left guard and right tackle as they still try to sort things out up front along the offensive line. Uh and Chico Bennett is obviously not playing on Saturday against Tennessee. Can you just speak to what appears to be the defensive line and the amount of veterans they have coming back? being possibly the strength of the defense and the team, and then also the impact of of Chico Bennett not playing on Saturday? Sure. I, I, I've been saying for, I know, since the spring, the defensive line is one of the best in the ACC conference when you factor in the depth and the talent that Virginia brings. I mean, these are grown men. I mean, some of these guys are approaching their mid-20s because of just the eligibility and how much, you know, Cam Butler gained another eligibility last year. He had this COVID year. So, I mean, that's a grown man right there going in in that bandit position. 
So, um, and what they've done with Chico Bennett not being able to play, they kind of shuffled a little bit. So Cam Butler has been cross-training between defensive end and at that bandit position that fits that Coach John Radzinski, um defense. So Cam Butler is going to be playing what Chico Bennett would normally play, which is that bandit position. And Ben Smiley will be the one who goes at defensive end. And then Paula Curie can be playing both sides and most likely will be the backup at bandit. And then Bryce Carter would be the defensive end on the other side. And apart from Bryce Carter, all those guys have had first team reps. So that's the depth that Virginia is dealing with. All these guys have had plenty of game experience and are so interchangeable. I mean, Camp Butler usually starts at defensive end. Ben Smiley played defensive tackle last year. You got also you got Aaron Famui, Jamia Carter. Both guys have veterans in the middle of that defensive line. And then behind them, you have Michael Diada, who's had probably one of the best springs and best fall camps out of any defensive lineman. So they have a lot of depth. So the challenge for them is how quick is Tennessee's offense because Coach Rudd a quick-paced offense to deal with. You won't be able to substitute nearly as much as you want. So that's the challenge on the Virginia side. But I know what they've been talking about is when you look at Tennessee's offense under Joe Milton, you know that you know last year with Hendon Hooker, he's such a scrambler. He would able to be able to move around the pocket to try to get those extra yards or extend plays. That's not Joe Milton's game. So I remember covering him when he was a high school athlete uh, down in uh, Florida, and that was never that was all. He's always the guy who goes through long passes. I mean, he has a cannon of an arm. I mean, John Renzisky was at the edge of the indoor facility and he looked up like you see that over there that's that's 100 yards that's where Joel Milton's arm strength will go so coach John so he knows how how long of an arm he has so for Virginia they want to force Joel Milton in those scrambling situations put the pressure on him force him to throw on his back foot or try to scramble so that's Virginia what pieces in that secondary and some younger guys in the linebacker core that's what they want to do they they want to put as much pressure on joe as possible uh, jack I, I tend to think that a lot of games involving tennessee because their offense is um, fairly different from a lot of what a lot of people see on a weekly basis is more about how the other team is going to uh, to handle it does virginia did they face any teams last year that played kind of a hurry-up system like this that might help prepare them uh, for, for a matchup with tennessee and how 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 much of a problem is it potentially that, that Tennessee um, is, is uh, while they are a very balanced offense, is sort of known for for getting guys to to sort of run wide open sometimes and hitting some deep balls in the passing game? Is this a, a, a talented enough and a veteran enough secondary to avoid those kinds of busts and to to play good coverage down the field, or is that an area where they struggle? Well, last year's group. Um, I'm just going to start with your second question. Last year's group, the secondary was able to not give up as much big plays. That was a problem under Bronco Mendenhall's last year. Big plays was a huge issue for Virginia's defense. Last year, they were able to mitigate that um, and by by their secondary play, but they also had two cornerbacks named Anthony Johnson and Fentrell Stripers, which was the two best cornerback duels in the ACC. Those guys are gone. So there's question marks in that secondary now. They went to the transfer portal and got former Clemson corner uh, Malcolm Green and then SMU corner Sam Westfall. Um, and then also they brought in Tavon Kyle. So those three are who they got to help supplement a lot of the, I guess, younger guys on that secondary. So the issue that the secondary has is that Antonio Clary is going to be a game time decision, but sources tell us he's probably 80, 90% not likely to play. So they had to move 
So when so they had to shuffle a couple of things. So Lex Long, who was playing linebacker a lot, um, moved linebacker from safety last year, is going to now play his safety again. So he's going to be safety. Tavon Kyle, who was corner in the spring, will now be at safety. Um, so you got Jonas Sanker also starting there. He that's a that's a normal safety. So they kind of reshuffled a few guys moving from corner and safety. Cohen King, who was a safety last year, is now at corner. Um, and then Dre Walker, a true freshman, is going to be their number two at corner. So there's a lot of questions in that secondary when you see what the lineup is. It's very different from last year. I mean, Jonas Sanker and Lex Long are the only two guys that were part of that rotation last year, with Jonas Sanker the only starter. Um, so that's a lot to ask for those guys. And I think they did a good job in the portal looking for speed because that's something that Virginia realized they needed more speed in that secondary, something they lacked sometimes last year. Um, and Antonio Clary would be the guy that would play that role because he's actually very, very quick. But again, he's likely not to play. So that is something they obviously understand that could be a weak weakness for them. That's why they're really trying to push uh, Joel Milton uh, up front. So for them, that is definitely a big question. And then as far as if they played anyone that has the speed of offense, there's no one as quick as Tennessee's offense. So I don't know how well you can mirror that with what they played last year, but I will say they did struggle when it came for any teams that did have some sort of hurry up offense. That was definitely something they did struggle with and something that the staff really did realize last year, but they were good at stopping the run. That was something that they did do a very good job last year. If you look at a lot of their running backs, they were able to stop the run. So, so they 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 have a couple things here that you can see that they did do well. But that was definitely something that um, they realized was a weakness of them because I remember watching. I think it, I think it was against ODU when ODU started picking up the pace a little bit. You, you saw that little bit of struggle there for the defense to lining up. Hey, Jackie, quick follow-up. Do you, do you think Tony Elliott's still on good enough terms with everyone at Clemson that he can call them up for some tips on playing Tennessee in the Orange Bowl last year? <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. He's very uh, he's very close with Dabo. He's, uh, he's, he said he's off in conversation uh, with the, his former head coach. So, yeah, he'll probably call up some, someone at Clemson to help him out. Jackie, Tony Musket transfers in after Virginia obviously goes through some transition there with Brennan Armstrong leaving to – NC State what what did Tony Musket do to win the starting job and, and and what do you feel like he brings to the table and and from the outside looking in it's it's a fascinating situation because the offensive line looks completely different than it did a season ago and, and the receiver room also looks completely different than than it did a season ago yeah it's a lot of new pieces on this Virginia offense and a couple of true freshmen making their way in the two deep and as well as a uh, at center is a in the two deep is actually a walk on sophomore walk on nor hot so so it is a very very different lineup that we saw last year now they do have some guys that have game experience last year which is why he only factored in in the last game at wide receiver Demique starling plenty of experience in the game, Mikhail Boley started as a freshman last year, a couple of games. So in that O-line, and obviously Ty Furnish was their starting center. So there's a couple of guys there that have had starting experience or at least college game experience on that offensive line. It's just working on playing together. Unfortunately for Virginia, a lot of those guys had were hurt going to concussion protocols during fall camp. So the starting five on that O-line didn't play very much together from the spring or the fall because – Brian Stevens is a transfer and only came in in the summer. So 
So this is going to be the first opportunity, maybe the first week of them playing together. So that's a big question for them is that O-line, how they're going to work together with Musket under center. And like you said, Virginia knew they needed a quarterback in the transfer portal. So they they looked at Tony Musket. He was a guy who's from Virginia. So they wanted him to come back home. And he just fits the scheme that Tony Elliott and Des Kitchings wants to play. Last year, the work in a quarterback that just didn't work with what they wanted to do and with an O-line that didn't give him time to understand the offense. So there's a lot of things that happened last year with this offense that made them struggle. What Muscat did to win over Anthony Colandrea, the true freshman from Clearwater, Florida, was it's college experience. So first off, he had experience playing in games. Every year he played at Monmouth, he got better. Um, You look at his pro football focus, he got better every single year. And he's just an accurate passer. He doesn't try to play hero ball. So when he goes and scrambles for a couple yards, he's going to take the take what the defense gives him. Go for three yards rather than pushing for the first down or just going for that first down rather than going for the touchdown. So he understands his limitations, understands that you don't want to push too much because last year when that happened, they, they ultimately turned over the ball a lot of those times, either a fumble or interception. Um, so don't push it. Know when to throw away the ball instead of taking the sack. So those are the things that Virginia saw during fall camp and spring and said, okay, he's a good game manager, which is what they needed last year when you look at it. They, for Virginia, your margin error is so small that you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot. So that's what Tony Musket is. He has a, a he's got a strong arm, he's accurate, and he can manage. So that's those are the things that Virginia was like, all right, we're going to go with the most experienced guy come out on the opener. Uh, Jackie, this was a team that that finished 126 in the country last year in scoring offense as it is, uh, you know, breaking a new quarterback. I'm sure that what you just discussed will go a long way toward determining whether they can improve on that. But is there a sense that this will be an improved offense in general? You know, how, how does Virginia seem to feel about its offense going into this game overall, considering that there are some new faces and, and things look a little different in the offensive line, you know, maybe has some work to do. Yeah, so they understand it's going to be a work in progress when it comes to the O-line. I mean, everyone knows that the O-line is <laughs> makes or breaks your season, but they also feel a lot more confident in this offense um, just because there's more buy-in. I mean, you hear the word buy-in a lot when you cover college football. Everyone talks about the buy-in. But last year, like I said, it was just there was a lot of offensive pieces that just wouldn't work in this scheme. So, and they were trying to move further with this new offense, but with pieces from the older staff. I mean, last year was just a very different dynamic covering a coaching search where the coach stepped down where no one, no one expected it. I mean, Bronco Mendenhall was taking in-home visits on Tuesday and had a scheduled in-home visit on Friday that week. And he stepped down on Thursday and his staff was out on the road recruiting and didn't know what was going on. I mean, there was a kid literally in a living room with a coach, and, he had, and then they were told that Bronco Mendenhall was stepping down. So that was a very different dynamic because you think these players thought that they were going to be playing for Bronco Mendenhall last year. And a lot of these players loved that staff. And then sure, we're going to lay the foundation because I think this culture is better. So you're going to have butting heads. You're going to have that buy-in issue because you're going to have this group that's going to be so into what Bronco Mendenhall did. And you're going to have this group like, maybe I want to go Tony Elliott's side. I want to, maybe I want to learn this. So you, that was what we saw in that locker room. So you had divisiveness. So this year, what you hope is that everything that this program has gone through and 
getting guys that fit your scheme to the transfer portal. They picked up a lot of pieces on that offense, like Northwestern slot receiver Malik Washington, including Tony Musket. So you're thinking these pieces fit. And a lot of the younger guys are also guys that these guys recruited. I mean, the freshman class last year and the freshman class this year do did buy in to what Tony Elliott is doing pretty quickly. So you think that this is why, you know, the offense feels much, much better. So for them, this is why um, you feel like this offense has taken some steps forward. Jackie, before we get, get you out of here, how do you feel about Saturday's game playing out? You're more than welcome to give a prediction if, if you feel like doing so, but uh, just how, how do you feel like this game plays out on Saturday? So I think it was a 28 point spread uh, at last check. I think that's about still where it is. I, I can't argue with that. Um, I think Virginia is going to come out and they're going to be playing with a, with a lot of emotion, a lot of energy in the beginning. I just don't know if they can keep up. Now I have my own questions about Tennessee, which you guys have brought up um, during the week during your coverage. So I think Virginia could stay in it in the beginning because of that defense. I think the defensive line is going to give uh, will pressure Joe Milton in some uncomfortable situations, but in my mind, can the offense stay on the field? That's that's my that's my problem. I just don't I just don't know yet. There's a lot of new pieces for the first time playing together, and I just don't know in one on one matchups if they can beat Tennessee. So for me, I think the defense will keep them in the game early, but I just don't think the offense has enough firepower to keep them going. And I still have questions on Virginia's special teams, which cost them a lot last year. How much have they improved as well? So I think there's too many questions for Virginia to overcome, and I think Tennessee will win comfortably. For Tennessee fans that want to follow the Virginia coverage throughout the game on Saturday, how can people follow you and your work? Sure. So obviously go on wahoos247.com. So uh, you can check all our coverage, pregame coverage, and also postgame coverage there. And then you can follow me on at Jackie Fran underscore Jackie spelled differently. So it's J-A-C-Q-U-I-E. So, but yeah, I'll have all the coverage from the Virginia side of things. And I know a lot of fans very are appreciative of the Tennessee program for what they're going to be doing on Saturday with the moment of silence and also the the calls on the helmet. So I know a lot of Virginia fans are, are happy with the Tennessee program. Absolutely. Jackie, thank you so very much for your time. And uh, we hope you enjoy Nashville on this Friday and happy football season. You guys as well. She's Jackie Franchuli of Wahoos 247 on the 247 Sports Network. I'm Ben McKee. And for Ryan Callahan, this has been another edition of the Go Balls 247 podcast. There's that button. And now I can say Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 uh, where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, but if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that 
at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock. Got the checkerboard and the summit where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount+, Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.